0: Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh?
1: Welcome everyone to Kiff and Tell, the podcast that answers the questions. What happened to Tony? Where is he right now? Oh, fuck Who yes. is he with? What is he thinking? Is he thinking of me? Will he ever return one day? Uh, but in actual fact, we'll be reviewing every episode of the great Canadian classic TV show Kids in the Hall and covering the topics important in each one. I am Hans Seideman from Prince Rupert, B.C., and I'll be hosting today's episode where we cover Season 1, Episode 7, which originally aired on December 12th, 1989. I am joined today by Trevor Record and Stuart Derikotic, both in Vancouver, B.C. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and uh, joining us from jolly old London, England, we have Kalina McCortoff.
0: Hello. God, I'm so sick. <laughs> oh, I'm so Kalina. sick.
1: I am absolutely keeping uh, it. That is... Uh, you sound like a zombie, Kalina.
0: <laughs> I know. For I'm those so... listening at
1: home, Kalina is a step away from death, and the doctor is <sighs> taking interminably long to get to her for some reason. He took the scenic, um, scenic route. The fucking... <laughs> scenic route. <laughs> All right. Well, let's... Uh, now that we got the whole gang here, let's... Uh, and we've got introductions out of the way. Let's go through this episode's sketches, shall we? Uh, in this episode, we have... Basically just the Hotel La Rue. Uh, We have the introduction introduction to Hotel La Rue, where businessmen tip too well and where French people hold parties and pine for old flames. Then we have the odds, which uh, involves a skydiving outing that defies all the odds, unlike your marriage. Uh, A return, then, to Hotel La Rue, in which Dave shows us how dangerous he can be. Uh, Then we have... Uh, first poem an introduction to bruce as an angry teen writing bad poetry for the first time we then have fletcher christian a monologue from the much less famous shoe store managing fletcher then we have a final thank god return to hotel la rue and finally a surprise party where a group of incompetent businessmen and a very patient party planner try to say happy birthday um So because this whole sketch is dominated by repetitions and callbacks to the Hotel La Rue, uh, I thought I'd started us off with a bit of a segment saying, does repetition make the heart grow fonder? Um, The Hotel La Rue sketch even that dominates this episode is itself filled with all these repetitions and callbacks of Michelle and others wondering about Tony and where he is and what he is doing and who he is thinking oh, about. Is he thinking of me is. and will he ever return? Uh, no, this is not Manny's. This is not that good Manny's, Stu. Uh, <laughs> this but is we have talked about- Whip. <laughs> this, is, yeah, this is low fat miracle whip. Um, but we've talked about it before how they use repetition sometimes, and, and sometimes it's for great effect, and they have these re- recurring bits that are amazing that we all agree are amazing, like 30 agree, uh, or even a head crusher. Um, so I, I wanted to ask does it work in this case? Does it work with Hotel LaRue? Does it work with this episode? And uh, I'll get Stu, what do you think about this?
2: I'm a little on the fence about this one because the Hotel LaRue is so egregious that it kind of becomes funny again. So I I think the complete and total repetition of that entire monologue of wondering about Tony, where he is, what he is doing, what he is thinking, is he thinking of me, and will he ever return? And how it keeps coming up is it kind of made me laugh at the end, especially the psych out at the end, which was just like... (laughs) It was that fine line between mirth and rage. Like, I just I felt something and I felt a lot <laughs> of it, and I just, it happened to me, and I kind of respect them for that. Um, weirdly, I think the Bruce McCullough bit was the worst part of the Hotel Room. I don't think it's terribly funny, and it, it keeps coming back, the tip thing, and it's just okay.
1: Yeah, that had no point at all, as far as I was concerned. I don't know about the rest of you. Okay, wait, but... I,
0: I, I mm-hmm. didn't actually get to see this in full because my internet was being shoddy. So, can you guys explain? What happened here?
3: Uh, at the end of the surprise party skit, there's just a callback to Hotel LaRue Rue where the party planning woman starts talking about Tony. Where he is. Oh, what he's thinking. Is he yeah, thinking yeah. of me? And will he
2: have a return? <laughs> oh, it's snuck into our commentary. <laughs> this
1: whole episode was setting up for a callback gag in the last lines of the last sketch. And it <sighs> is so much work for so little payoff, in my opinion. But... Not to prejudge this segment, but Kalina and Trevor, where do you stand on this?
0: I mean, the only bit I really fell for was when Lady French Mark asks for Scott to repeat himself because she got confused about what he said. So she had to start the whole thing over again. Um, so, it's, you know, it's boring to explain, but at least it drew a chuckle. And, you know, the this sketch is obviously none of our favorites. It's definitely one that you remember just because it gets get said like five times. So, I mean, I think it's something that would definitely be meme-worthy today just because, like, it's so dull. But I think in this case, it does, as repetition, make the heart grow fonder.
3: I I think that, like, it's really telling that it seems like the kids themselves are getting sick of this joke and start sort of rushing through the delivery of the line about Tony towards the end, where it's like, even they just can't wait to get done with the stupid joke. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I think the the value that this bit
1: has is that I now have the ability to troll the three of you, but at any
3: moment, just by <laughs> saying,
1: "I wonder what Tony is, what he is doing, who he is thinking about," and and I know is that he it's thinking going of to make you. Is he you, thinking of me? It's going to it's going to make you experience pain. So, so but it, that's it, it also. That
2: I think that's part of the humor and why it's a little bit different than the like just endless thirty helens is that you're kind of always on edge for it, and when it doesn't happen. You you laugh at the absence of it. And when it does happen and catch catches you a little off guard, it gets you again. like the end of this, the joymakers one made me so mad at myself that I didn't see it coming.
1: Mm. <laughs> that is true. I, that, I mean, like I said, I think the whole episode is building up towards that one line and, uh, whether you think it's worth it or not, I think, uh, it says a lot about you as a person. <laughs> I get that. Um, <laughs> 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 All right. Well, enough about hotel La Rue. So, uh, aside from, from that, uh, you know, two-thirds of the episode are there any other uh, sketches that stand out for any other folk from this one are there any sketches that were uh that if they were in a stronger episode we would even notice them kalina hit me
0: i mean i was actually just musing about how bad the plummet sketch was so this is this is one where um mark mckinney's kind of i don't even understand like are they army men like why are they jumping out of a plane it's never really explained (laughs) but essentially like what it's a bunch of guys this is their first jump out of the plane And, you know, they're trying to figure out what's the probability that I'm going to die. Like, I just won the lottery. What's the, you know, what's the chances that I just won the lottery and then I'm going to die right after. Or that two twins jump at the same time and, you know, die about seven seconds apart, you know, the same amount as when they were born uh, between them. And I was just like, it was so weird because (laughs) it just did not feel like kids in the hall at all. And then it fuses into this weird um, monologue from mark mckinney about like the the statistics around marriage and infidelity Uh, what the hell is going on anyway so because because my internet was being weird and i couldn't access the full episodes i was forced to watch this clip on youtube and it's one of those ones with the nerdist interviews afterwards and both kevin and dave were talking about how everyone hated this sketch even the ones who wrote it (laughs) and so i was just i found that almost like more hilarious like to watch it and be like oh like this is the kind of humor that the kids hate even when they make it so that's just like a fun a fun bookmark to put in there but um in terms of uh so this is stand out of sketches, out of the
3: episode for badness
0: yeah i, mean, yes, I guess yes. i guess the poem was the only winner for me because it's just like like the you know like Chupper, you said the um we get the first peek at the sort of the Gavin character that Bruce does when he does the Can I Keep Him Businessman sketch in the last episode. This is the first one, like the sort of first peek that we get of Bruce doing the angsty teenager bit. And so it's almost like just a bit of a, of a, yeah, a teaser, a teaser sketch mm, of what's to true come. True point, true point. Trevor, what do you think?
3: Yeah, and I am with you there. I think that first poem is the only sketch that I even kind of chuckled at. Uh, but even wasn't even that wasn't so great. Um, it was just kind of funny where it's like, yeah, the news for some right reason is writing about this sort of. <laughs> <laughs> hesher teenager in canada that makes bad music and poetry and he has a girlfriend that he loves and you that, guys that's it
2: <laughs> I, I like the idea that gavin grows up into that angsty teenager <laughs> <laughs> oh that, that would be like delightful that. and i actually i wanted to touch the thing you're saying about like the newspaper decides to write about them or how strange it is that it ties into like a weird psa about marriage that felt very kids in the hall to me this like just mm-hmm. that This idea that the skits are framed in these ridiculous things, like this ridiculous narrative either about like, you know, that we would just have a newspaper give us exposition about what's going on, or that it would just randomly turn into a public service announcement. I thought was very surreal in Kids in the Holly, even if it didn't necessarily work, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess Mm, so. Fair
2: enough. Having said that, this was a shit week. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it was. (laughs) Like, Skydivers has some nice moments. I I also thought it was, as much as I think it's Kids in the Holly, I thought it was kind of weak, and just, like, it didn't... I felt confused by most of it. Didn't really have, like... I didn't get what they were trying to do, either in the humor or any of it. I love that (laughs) Kevin McDonald says... Okay, crap bur- See you crap burgers on the ground. That made me laugh pretty hard. Um, I actually think that of all the skits, the Fletcher Christian one is the funniest. Like, it's just the most yeah. consistently funny, and yeah. it kind of works for Dave Foley.
1: Mm hmm. I, I, I have to agree with you there, uh, Stu. I, I don't, I mean, I think we all agree this wasn't a particularly strong episode, but I do have to give a, a tip of the hat to Dave uh, for making the most of that Fletcher Christian bit. I think mm-hmm. um, his delivery is really the only thing that really makes that sketch work. Um, and I don't think it would hold up in a stronger episode necessarily, but uh, for this one, it was like the the, the best of the worst. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, it, it got it got a couple chuckles out of me at least. So, um and speaking of which, uh, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, who our our best or worst kid was from this episode. So even even a bad episode can have a best kid, um, and it definitely has a worst kid. So
3: uh, who are they this time, <laughs> Trevor? Let's start with you. I mean. It's hard to pick anyone as being good because no- nothing was that good. I, uh, Bruce wins best because it's the only skit that made me even chuckle a little bit. Um, so that's who gets it for me. His first poem thing was the only thing that made me laugh.
2: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a really weird position on this one. I think Dave Foley by far is the best kid <laughs> in this episode. And let me justify my answer here. The The Fletcher Christensen bit is probably the funniest skit for me. All the way through, he gets these laughs. His delivery of um, "I, on the other hand, am barely tolerated by my coworkers and underlings" <laughs> with this like really big smile, like it's just so awkward and funny. Um, his Quebecois dirtbag is the best. When the uh, we are having a fabulous party, but we have run out of <laughs> yes, wands. <yes>. Like I, <laughs> I thought it was just so funny and just like the deadpan really worked for me. It was like, I, I can't remember what it was and I don't want to put my foot in my mouth here. But he said something horrifically offensive, like, it smells like desperate whores in here. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was just, oh, it was so unapologetic and, and strange. And I want to give a uh, special mention to Mark McKinney with his vacuous drag because I thought he was just <laughs> like so beautiful and dumb sitting in there wondering about tony <laughs> wondering where he is is he thinking what is he thinking is he thinking of me and will he ever oh return my God. one day like
0: french character he plays in a forthcoming episode where he wears the same wig is super ditzy and then just lights a bunch of shit on fire i mean do you guys know what i'm talking <laughs> about i mean
1: no but i'm looking forward to it
0: anyway it's gonna be good it's gonna be good um, I don't want to give any opinions on this. I think everything was lukewarm, and I have no opinions.
3: Oh, what's that, Kalina? You don't. You're, you're on the fence. Me
1: sitting on the yeah. fence,
0: <laughs> I just wanted to take a page out of Trevor's book to see how he liked it. No.
3: Oh, fair enough. I I always say there's two things I like. I never say there's mm.
2: no things I like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like nothing.
3: All right, well,
1: I'm going to join Stu on the Dave Foley train for this one in that I think he takes the cake and uh, I think we should just take a moment to acknowledge that Dave was the best kid for once, you know, Um, but he's the best part, right, Stu? round right of pause for Dave he's the best part of Hotel La Rue as the asshole French painter his Fletcher Christian delivery as you stated Stu uh, absolutely makes or breaks that sketch um, uh, uh, one of my favorite lines from that sketch is where is where he says you know the, the other Fletcher Christian in 1769 sailed to the Indies in search of breadfruit trees in point of actual fact I wasn't even born <laughs> I don't know why. like, just, like, like the, the very matter of fact like in point of actual fact I was I just I, for whatever reason that got, that latline
3: got. Yeah. Well, to paraphrase the late great Tom Petty, even the losers get lucky sometimes, Dave.
1: <laughs> oh. Oh, harsh, harsh. But he also had um he was my favorite part of the surprise party sketch where someone says, can anyone speak Spanish? And he says, like, I'll give it a shot and picks up the phone and listens for a couple of seconds and then just says, nope. <laughs> and then, like, like, as, if he could, as if he could just try to speak Spanish. Like, it's something you can just try to do. Um, He's I a businessman. So way to go. Way to go, Dave! Way to go, Dave! So on the flip side, though, I think Kevin makes a rare appearance at the bottom this week um, because other than shouting "surprise" uncontrollably in the final sketch, he really didn't add much to this episode. His businessman was the worst part of Hotel Larue, and there was a lot mm-hmm. of it, so uh, a rare miss for the Kevin here.
2: As a side mm-hmm. note, I realize that David Foley only smiles if he's playing a rube. <laughs> That's true, and he has
1: that shitty. It's like he does a shit-eating grin that, like, very frequently does not work. But this episode, I think, uh, it it did rarely so. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that does it for this week's episode. Thanks for sticking with us through all of it. Um, You know, if you, like us, are wondering, where is Tony?
3: Is he thinking of not.
1: I'm not going to do it. Uh, Kidding, kidding, kidding. All right. Well, next week we get to see Buddy again. uh, And Bruce and Scott return uh, to their marital struggles. So we're in for a real treat. (laughs) So stick with us. See you next episode. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye.